0: This is an honor to me. I like this idea, as that uh, a fan of, as a kid growing up in the '80s, this is part of me uh, '80s and early '90s. This 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 guy, accidentally for good and bad, is a part of me, and uh, that's not necessarily a great thing for him. But uh, Kip Winger is on the phone right now, and uh, Mr. Winger, are you there? I'm here. How are you doing? Doing quite well, uh, sir. Thank you. Uh, first and foremost, I have to say this. Now, here's here's what you need to know about me. Uh, when I was seventeen, you were singing about that girl who was seventeen. So that's my age, Brad. That's like that's how it was. You you were you were the one stealing the seventeen year old girl from me.
1: So how old are you now? Because I'm always singing like she's only fifty yeah, two. <laughs> yeah, I'm fifty
0: one. I'm fifty one. So the girl that I was eyeballing and I we like I was looking at your beautiful ass on TV, talking about all the girls you were going to take from me. I had no chance. <laughs>
1: That's funny, man.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully you got And no, no, I didn't. Well, it's a different... <laughs> this is not... Kip, don't interview me about that. We'll be here all day. <laughs> uh, anyway, I want to say something to you that's weird, and I think people will... Uh, I think this... The, the And I know you know this because I've watched the documentary. The stigma attached to that time period of music and then you kind of uh, conversely is so unfair, and I played a major part of it. So let me start this whole thing by saying I'm sorry. No, oh, I apology accepted. Yeah. I mean you went through watching this documentary and the things you went through and you come across as such an endearing human being and it and then when you're nineteen and you're trying to figure out if you're a badass or not through the music you listen to and stuff, and when, when the baddest asses of all are making fun of a guy who's a, a brilliant musician, you you fall into that category. And I think I fell into that How do you like because you guys, you and Red Beach and Morgan Stern, you guys were amazing musicians that kind of became the face of why the glam thing died. How did like what did what went through your brain as that was going on? Were you cognizant of your position?
1: Well, first of all, I would like to thank you for being so articulate about exactly how it went. Um it was, it was really, it was, a, it was the irony of my life because I've made my point was to study music and be a good musician. And so to, to be in the position of being the laughing stock of the music business was, was, it was a heart wrenching, uh, awful irony. Um, but I don't, having said that, I mean, there's only certain things you can control in life. And I knew that the only thing I could control was the music that I wrote. And so, I knew I had to reinvent myself and it was, a, and it was genuine because I always wanted to, you know, conquer my ability to write classical music. And um, so, you know,
0: I, you're doing that. that, that you're, the- you're writing for like classical music. That's, that isn't like a joke. It's being played in, in very prestigious areas.
1: Yeah. I was just saying I, earlier I got a performance in Berlin just recently in September with, uh, one of my pieces next to Stravinsky's Rite of Spring, so that was quite the compliment. Wow!
0: Wow! Um, now here's the other thing, Kiplinger. I don't uh, know that you know this. Are you a sports fan?
1: I, you know what? I gave up on on football when when John Elway lost the uh, Super Bowl back. It must have been in the seventies, and the, I just never looked
0: back in the eighties. Yeah, don't hate. No, but you're a Bronco fan, so you've never liked sports. I'll move on from that. But I, I was I marveled at the uh at the documentary how much you sound like announcer Joe Buck, and it's even more so on the phone, so it's throwing me off. I almost ask you baseball questions. Uh but the uh, <laughs> it's, it's really weird. Uh but uh as I watched that I kinda you seem to be the reluctant rock star rock star. Like back in the eighties when winger was the thing, like you go into your your entire process of music. And then it seemed like you wanted the rock life, but you were how much of Kip Winger was you and how much was manufactured?
1: Well, that's interesting because I'm, I've come more from the theater. Like um, I I grew up in a band with my two brothers. I was on stage since I was eight and I, and I totally, you know, I love David Lee Roth and Paul Stanley. I was like, yeah, I want to be like them. But I was also, I'm way more driven by how does this chord work, you know, and how does, what melody and counterpoint, And so, uh, and I'm very, and I'm quite shy in, in real life, you know, so, uh, I, reluctant rock star is a great way to put it. I, I never believed that I was really a rock star, so to speak, because for me, real rock stars were, you know, Mick Jagger. Yeah. And, um, and so I was kind of like, okay, I'm in this thing and it's cool. And I got a lot of recognition when we were big and stuff. But, but the main point was like, when I'm on my deathbed, what is the music that I want to look back and see what I've left? So that's kind of always been my approach. So, but it wasn't fake. I mean, uh, it was, yeah, I've, I'm very comfortable on stage. Cause I've been on stage since I was eight, eight years old and I do dig the show biz aspect of it. And I'm quite, you know, I like, I talked to Steve Vai about this. He's the same. He's a, extremely literate musician, but he's also somewhat of a ham when he gets on stage. So those two things can live, you know, in, 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 they can coexist. Um, as, as I get older, I'm more and more wanting to really focus just more and more on composing. I like playing with my band only because I love their, those guys as people and have such a great respect for them as musicians.
0: Yeah. I kind of, I like, uh, Nickelback has sort of this a similar lifestyle that you've got, except for they seem to just trudge through, and they're you know the music that they had didn't just abruptly end the way that glam music did. But uh, do you see a similarity right. in like today's music with some of that, like what, the, the way? Are you more aware and maybe more sensitive to the idea of like, oh God, these guys are going through it?
1: Yeah, and I think Nickelback makes great records. They do, and I think they sound. The- they're really, really good sounding records, you know, Um and so yeah, I feel for those guys. I mean, although they really they got paid, you know, we never really got paid. <laughs> yeah, so screw Nickelback.
0: <laughs> uh, wait a minute, you're your right. Screw Nickelback. Yeah. They're, they're the sellouts. But no, no.
1: <laughs> I don't believe I don't believe they deserve to be to to the the haters. I mean, I don't believe they deserve it because they make. They write great songs and their music. They make great sounding records.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, I had understood, and I don't know if this is true or not. And a lot of what made you the poster boy of of kind of the crap was the Metallica video, and they and they talk about that a little in the documentary on Paramount Plus, which is called "That One A Rock." And it's fascinating for people my age who are into that. Um, is that uh, your face was on their dartboard in the what's the Unforgiven video? Uh, nothing else matters. nothing else matters right and that, that but i had heard that years later and i don't know you can clear this up that james hetfield apologized to you
1: a couple years ago he gave me a call very classy dude and uh yeah that that did happen how did yeah, that No, did you did
0: you have a relationship with the guys from metallica based on because i had to piss you off
1: I didn't know them at all. Um, I, as a matter of fact, ironically, I called my drummer when the Black album came out, and I said, "Man, listen to the way they did the drums on this," because I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, I thought his choices for drumming on that album in particular, and the way the drums sounded, the production was really awesome, and I. Was giving him a compliment, and then like the next day, I find out they're throwing darts at my post. So. <laughs> and
0: what That's was your amazing. what was your reaction at the time when you? Because in the documentary, there's a very specific way you you are kind of aware that something's up, but uh, and I won't spill that. But the uh, like, what was your reaction when you're like when you saw it?
1: Oh it was very disheartening man you know it was like oh great the, you know th- one of the biggest bands in the world is telling their audience to think to 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 believe that i suck yeah it's 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 a, it was a and the Beavis and Butthead thing with with winger on yeah. Stewart's t-shirt it was public stoning to death i mean complete public stoning to death everywhere i went including europe and everything it it, it was i would even if i did an interview they were laughing at me you know so Ugh. it was it was it was really intense, um, and like I say, a huge irony, given the fact that I, my biggest mission in life is to
0: understand how to write music. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so. It, and how much of this is catharsis now? Like watching you in the documentary, this interview today, it's it's got to just be like I gotta I gotta walk through this again. But it's almost redemption. I, watching that, I, I, you made me feel like I'd done something wrong but you didn't blame me like you're you're still really classy about it but it does make you think like why why do we do that
1: uh you know what it's funny because we're all just human beings you know stuff happens and it it it's really just a matter of of how if of if having the ability to see all the perspectives really is is what it is i mean uh and i and i just feel like i whether I like it or not, I ended up on that end of the deal, you know. Um and going back to the thing about what I can control, I couldn't control that. So the only thing I could control is how to how to rebound from it. And when you say uh you know the the thing that's really cathartic is is going through the process of the music that I write and getting recognition for it. And and it's funny that in addition to what you're saying Back then, when it happened, I was, my mantra was like, "I can't let it end this way, man." You know, I just yeah. can't. You know, so rolled up my sleeves and. Uh, when you that, know,
0: did you uh, recognize the end, Kip? Did you know, Jesus, this is it?
1: Oh come on, dude! My my wife, who had passed away before that, was, was she'd go into a blockbuster video and get be laughed at by people oh. just wearing a winger jacket. You know, wow. you know, it was it was it was. It was really intense, um, and you know, I tried to shop a record deal for my solo thing after the after winger disbanded. I mean, there was just no shot you know it was just like you are gone you know
0: that is insane and and here you are, you know a a, a great lesson in uh you know walking through fire and uh and I think a lot can be learned from your attitude towards it all you You don't seem bad did you or, or mad did you go through a bitterness? Period, like that was like people just couldn't tolerate Kip? To yeah, you had to be hard to deal with for a while.
1: Sure. Yeah, no, I went through all the same human reactions that everybody would. Yeah, you know, it was shock and and trauma and and anger and all of it, all of it. You know, sadness uh, because there is a there is a thing. You know, my band. If we had come out a few years earlier, who knows what could have happened for us? We, you know, we never even had a chance to do like big production and all that kind of stuff. And and we would have, we would have done really well with that, that whole thing, but I never got a chance to do that. So, um, it just kind of, is it is what it is scenario. And, um, I'm really lucky to have gotten the opportunities I'm getting now, especially with my classical stuff. And we're out playing shows. I got all original guys in my band. We've always been friends. We've always kind of taken, uh, Had a decent sense of humor about it, somewhat self-deprecating about it, and um, for example, that's why we called our third album "Pull," is because as as a skeet shooting reference, when people you know (laughs) shoot,
0: they can fire your record into the sky and shoot it. See, now this is this is where the Kip Winger thing and it's thirty years too late is just uh, like it makes me feel bad that I was the dick. Who played along with this game?
1: All birds, morning sickness.
0: Disgusting. They smell, they're sticky, they say things that are horrible. Holmberg's morning sickness.
1: Well, you know what? I absolve you of your sins, and it's all good. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Now Father I Kip.
0: Still, I will say this, Kip Winger. I'm still a little angry that you guys put Purple Haze on that album because, as much as I tried to like you, that one made me upset.
1: A lot of people didn't dig that, man. You know, and the the way that happened was we were we needed another tune, and we were on a time thing. And I was down- in New York, and I was taking a taxi from uh, lower Manhattan up to the studio at sixty second street and I heard it on the radio, and I thought this would make a great cover, and so we went in that day and kind of did a like what I heard that as is like a white snake da 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 you know yeah, and we just kind of knocked it out day, and it just kind of stuck and I don't disagree with you. I mean, I, it would have been better if I had written a great tune for my record, but I was under a time limitation, and I'd need to pull a rabbit out of my hat, and you know that's how it went.
0: And that was it. Now, uh, now you said in the documentary, uh, I, I was fascinated by this whole thing, that you did not, the one line of She's Only 17 <laughs> that you didn't write is uh, Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me, which is the one that made me feel like, God damn it, he's, he's going to get three years out of this, and he's going to start looking crazy if he sings that song. You Who wrote that if you didn't?
1: The producer, Bo Hill, wrote that wrote that line. I had something else in there, and he goes, hey, man, I think you should sing this. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll sing it, you know, whatever. I was trying to, was trying to, be, trying to be a team player.
0: <laughs> and, and now on stage and you I'm not sure how old you are that's a very awkward thing
1: well it is it isn't I mean McCartney's singing well she was just 17
0: <laughs> yeah but he's got uh, he's, he could have dementia at this point we're not sure he knows he's doing it uh, but yeah that's an age thing you can make fun of that but man oh man that—yeah, because that's yeah. a tough one because Kiss still does you know Christine 16 I don't think
1: they do that I hope not
0: too. boy oh boy but does that did that I'm cross your mind?
1: More, you I did. Say what?
0: I said did that did that cross your mind when you guys were writing that? I was like, well, this one's maybe we shouldn't do this.
1: So the thing was is I was from Colorado and the legal age was uh,
0: sixteen, so I didn't <laughs> even get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been okay for years. Now we will I will I wanna get this uh, through like you uh this is weird to say out loud, but uh you were so pretty how much do you think that the the target on your back was jealousy? Because you were definitely beautiful, gorgeous. Yeah.
1: Uh, look, I look at pictures. I, I look at some of my stuff back then, and I, I can see why people thought that. I mean, I, I I talked to Steve Vai about this. He's great about it because he's a consummate musician super literate but he also he he is a self-admitted ham Mm -hmm. and he loves to dress up in in kooky clothes and stuff and just do the theater thing and that's what i was doing it was because you know i had also studied ballet i was in some musicals in 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 high school and college and stuff and i just you know it was really more of a theatrical element because i was a kiss fan yeah and you know put on the makeup and go out and do the thing and 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 so I I I quote made the best of what I had and I was just a young punk I was just looking at MTV going well Bon Jovi's doing it Brett Michaels is doing it I'm not doing anything different than them I'm actually doing it a little less in way I don't cake on the makeup and all that kind of stuff so I mean I I like I was just following suit if anything what that I would critically charge myself with would be you know too much following and not not Having a think on, wait a minute, my band doesn't need to do this because we're great musicians. Let's just wear blue jeans and you know proceed from there. Yeah. Um, so you know, guilty is charged, but you know, I mean, I, it is what it's another is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I can't change it. I so. have to
0: tell you, uh, Kip Winger, that's a little catty because in a weird way, uh, that's what a girl would say when she knew she's prettier about another girl. It's like I didn't wear as much makeup as Brett Michaels. I mean, <laughs> it was an, I, well, I was the all natural uh-huh. version.
1: I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't consider myself better looking than Brett Michaels or Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi still, that guy, guy looks amazing. Yeah, I there, mean, he's very you know, pretty. He was,
0: <laughs> it is a pretty yeah. thing. Now, if you, the last thing I want to ask you, because I, I, I love this uh, this documentary. is a, a person in, in my age group who grew up with this music. Uh, as silly and as weird as that little nine-year time crunch was, it seems to have some resonance and hold, because a lot of the great songs that come out of there, hang on, Let's just say, hypothetically, you can go back and talk to Kip Winger in 1987 and not change anything that happened, but give him some advice. What would it be?
1: Oh, uh, find a good T-shirt designer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Make the T-shirts better. That's it. That would be the only thing you go, like, we can't change anything. You're you're in for hell for a few years, but just know this, if the T-shirts are different, you might be different.
1: I'm kidding. But I mean, dude, I don't, I don't even, I I can't even imagine. I, I I would have liked to have had a a, a really good manager because we were somewhat self-managed and, and, and you just can't navigate that kind of success on your own. You just can't, you need somebody that can really see the forest for the trees. And I, I mean, I just couldn't do it back then. You know, I did my best, but uh, you know, that's probably what I would say. Get, go go, find yourself a whoop-ass manager. Yeah,
0: and navigate this stream with a little help. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it, you, you're just such an endearing, nice person. And I feel I feel like, uh, you know, uh, it's great that this is happening uh, too little, too late for whatever reason. But for for all the things that happen to you, it seems as if you're where you need to be. And are, are you comfortable with that? Absolutely. I'm totally. It, 100%. I'm very... I I'm
1: excited about what I'm doing, and I'm I'm having success in the in the in the sectors of the music business that I'm really uh, grateful for, and and on a, on a very high level, and I'm uh, being accepted in the classical music world, you know, more than I could have ever, way beyond my wildest dreams. What what if, know,
0: what so. if hey Kip? What if and they it, turn on you? What if what if like oh my what, god. What, what if you find out like a, like the Boston pops guy throwing darts at your face
1: <laughs> oh my god that would be like, wow, what twist that would be I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna,
0: <laughs> yeah don't don't fun. jinx it let's not even talk be, about that it
1: that would be the second yeah, journey It would be the worst thing
0: ever <laughs> no I have to ask you this before we let you go uh, and this is a weird one but was it was it worth it? Yes,
1: everything okay. ever it's all been worth it. it's all
0: been worth it, absolutely. yeah, that's see that's brave because I, I think I'd struggle with that, but that's a that's a really cool thing that you're saying. and I root for you, man, all you tried to do was make music, you were really good at it, you were an amazing musician. I mean, Reb Beach is one of the greatest guitarists that doesn't get credit for being one of the greatest guitarists that's ever walked the earth and uh, it, it's just <laughs> it's just a crazy thing. you tried to make some music for some people, and this is what happens in a, in a strange way, but you know success yeah. comes from it, which is pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate it. You, you, you. The way your take on it is is very insightful, so I appreciate that. And
0: no problem. Thanks for taking the time this morning. I hope this documentary goes gangbusters, and uh, best of luck to everything you're up to, man. You deserve it.
1: Okay, thank you guys for taking the time. There I appreciate you go.
0: it. There you go. It's Kip Winger, everybody. And uh, just if you watch this documentary, you can't help but walk away and say, "God, I like Kip Winger and what I did right. to him. I was culpable in this. I was uh, I was part of this. And and you know, not from a uh, I wasn't doing it on purpose i was doing it because it was what everybody did it's just what you what did. did and they weren't cool no but we didn't ever give them a chance to be and, and you watch this documentary about hair bands and all that stuff and it becomes fascinating and then you start watching uh, he mentioned that his wife passed away that was after everything had ended he moved to san uh santa fe uh, in a ranch and bought a, and he's like i'm just gonna do what i want to do she left to go get food one day and died in a car accident Oh, so it was like on Jesus. top of everything. It's like squash, Kip Winger Amazing. every day, and the things he was going through as a human being, we had no idea. Meanwhile, you know, and I still think it's funny. Stewart on Beavis and Butthead walking around with a winger shirt. It was what his what, it's just it's his name. Yeah, it's just iconic. It, yeah. So, right. but uh, to, to talk about a lesson in perseverance, I mean that guy. For no good reason, really, when you look back at it. It's like, wow, we lynched him for nothing, just for being a guy whose music you may or may not like.
1: And, it, you know, it's still there
0: to a degree. He's still There's a good cool dude. Look at that. He looks great today. Like, Kip aged beautifully. And, and you, you watch, seriously, this is a... With I, the gray streak. I'm, I'm not, saying yeah. the people
1: that, you know, even in the music today going out that still wouldn't know the background... But they knew what Winger was, the brunt of it. It, it, I mean, it's like when we jokingly and laugh and say, when I go back to a class reunion and it's a guy that has a nickname for that, it's still (laughs) with you. It stays.
0: There's certain things that when you become uh, the zeitgeist, you're in it. And then you can't, it's the thing women always say, I can't age because I was famous when I was 22 and now I'm 51 and you want me to look like that. Yeah. And not that. And we don't we don't give grace on that. Brian says, "John, I'm 45. I've been listening to your show for 20 years. The Kip Winger interview, by far one of the best you've ever done. Uh, he he seems he's a great musician and seems like a really good dude. Thanks for making that interview. That was what I wanted when Toledo said this. Like I, I wanted a chance to at to be able to dive in. That was it. for me. That was great because it's a moment where I can tell a guy, ah, I make jokes about everybody. Yours were unfair." Like I was, and you ask for forgiveness. I want forgiveness from him. There's malicious intent to joking, yes, and there's joking, yes. And with him, I was as guilty as anybody with the malicious intent. It was for no good reason other than to attack. He's the lowest hanging fruit, and the dude was awesome. So, Uh, maybe his music stinks to you. Big deal. Uh, That's the worst crime he commits. Big deal. That pole album they talked about—the third album. Yeah. I think is their best one. I listen to that one all to the it. time. Never. Was. I listen to that one all the time. I was trying to sell Winger to my friends at the time. Wasn't working? <laughs> and They were like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> and I'm like, I like them. I do. And then I turned on them because it was it was detrimental to me. All it right, Stuart, back down. It was. It was in my best interest to not be a fan. No, I wasn't putting posters up. Because that would have been a weird moment in my teen years to be beating <laughs> off and see Kip Winger there going, still doing it. That dude's gorgeous. Hidden yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's play some Winger. Let's just get it out of the way. <laughs> Why not? Uh, it's Madeline, which I think is a great song. And this was the one before we knew. But we had an idea. Uh, he suffered a fate I uh, n- uh, wouldn't wish on anybody. And then you watch this documentary, you really realize uh, the humility it would have to take to sit in a camera and go, yeah, I'll relive this again. And to do this interview this morning with us you imagine that? Hey, rock star, uh, these rock shows want to interview you again. And you have to take the risk that, you know. It's for, not going to be a Johnny Midnight. Yeah, yeah exactly, thing. that we have a Johnny Midnight and the ass things. dude didn't deserve it. Uh, it's Winger. Madeline. Hope you guys enjoyed that because that one was more for me just saying, you know what, sorry about that, dude. I like you. I, I hope you, you do well. It's not fair what we did. Uh, it's Winger. Take this. It's 98 KUPD. It's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this.